Hello, everybody. Hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Professor McGonagall. I Hello. Oh, my God. I'm Dave Maggie Smith. Speaking of Professor McGonagall, they did lookalikes at the baseball game last what? night. Like oh. a lookalike cam. Oh it was so funny. That's amazing. If you haven't listened oh, to our yeah. last episode yet, Greer talked about how she went to a Harry Potter-themed baseball game. Um and I guess there was a lookalike contest it was, for Harry Potter characters. It was so funny. For It was like a lookalike cam. Just they like picked people out in the crowd. And for Voldemort, they just chose like a bald, a bald guy. guy. And it was great. And everyone cheered for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, anyway, anyway, welcome back to Don't Fuck With Ghosts, the podcast about all things haunted, spooky, and supernatural. We are your Blost sisters. I am Betsy. I am Greer. And I've been on a scary movie kick. I know, recently. you really have. I've just been really wishing that it's fall all the time. And, like, I changed my computer background to a fall collage that I found on Pinterest. Well, and it makes sense because it's so gross out it is just and so hot fucking hot and humid. Every day I feel like I walk outside and I feel like I got off the plane in the Caribbean. It's disgusting. It's been really bad lately. Yeah. The humidity and the rain. It's horrible. So I'm just really craving fall and spooky season. And so I started watching spooky shows. I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor, which if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House, that's the sequel series. It's like an anthology series. So it's a different story, but um, a few of the actors are the same. And The Haunting of Hill House was definitely better. It was scary, first of all. Mm -hmm. Bly Manor wasn't that scary. There was one entity within the manor that did freak me out a little bit but it she wasn't really around for very much of it so yeah was it like that the show was supposed to be scary and they just didn't succeed or was it just not supposed um, to be a scary show I like just hill don't house think it was supposed to be as scary as hill house mm, that's sad like there was a lot more ghosts in hill house a lot more like and i liked what about what i liked about hill house is that they kind of go into the after effects of how it uh, impacted the children like later in life mm-hmm. and um this one was definitely more about like the actual time in the manor but it, i liked it because it was in the Eng- english countryside and it was beautiful um but yeah it was just wasn't as scary but like if that's not if that doesn't matter to you then i would still recommend it because it was still a good show which mm-hmm. wasn't as scary which is what i was looking for but yeah, so I watched. Huh? Oh, I was gonna say I think it's good if that you're like setting people's expectations because then they go into it yeah. thinking it's not gonna be scary and then it might be like more enjoyable. Yeah, but it also might scare people more than it scared me. I don't know. Like the exorcism of Emily Rose didn't scare me. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a high threshold, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'd still recommend it. It's still good. Just wasn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be. So I watched that, and then I watched A Quiet Place Part Two. Because I hadn't seen that yet. That shit was crazy. Because they show you they show you the very first... Have you seen it? No. They show you the very first day of when the aliens invade. Oh, shit. And they're just like... It's just like a normal day. They're at their kid's t-ball game. Oh and all of a sudden, this thing is like falling through the sky. And then they're like, okay, that's the game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they all start trying to go home, right? But then all of a sudden, this massive alien falls on top of this bus. And then just all chaos breaks loose. Is it a prequel to the first one? Or that just... They show so the they, start and a, then it they goes They have flashbacks, back. but it's... So they'll show you, the like, day one, right? But then they'll go back to after the end of the last movie. I feel like I saw A Quiet Place in theaters. And I just remember I think thinking... I did too. It, maybe we... 
we probably saw it together. Yeah, I think we did because we were really worried that people were going to be chatting in it because, like, that's the whole point of A Quiet Place is that there's no noise. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. That was such a good movie. I need to watch the second one. But there's definitely going to be another one, I feel, because the way it ended was very Mm -hmm. open, like... It just it was kind of a cliffhanger in a way, mm-hmm. so I'm hopeful there'll be another one. Because I was like, really, that's how it's gonna end? <laughs> we don't get any resolve. <laughs> like, so I highly recommend that one. And then I also <laughs> I watched this movie called Countdown, which I'm pretty sure it was made by the same people that did Truth or Dare. Because- oh my god, <laughs> Truth or Dare was so good. I mean, it was like stupid, Tr- but it was Truth so or- fun. It's in that category of bad good movies. <sighs> Or good, bad movies, yeah. however you want to say mm-hmm. it. Like, it was objectively really bad, but it was so fun to watch. Yeah. And the reason I think it was made by the same people that did Truth or Dare was because there's a scene where the main girl is going into her parents' house, and she looks, and the TV's on, and it's Truth or Dare. <gasps> <laughs> Uh, that's very like um, a Christmas Prince, uh, yes. Princess Switch <laughs> yes. universe. Where they're like hyping up their other works. Um, but God, it was and it, basically there. the premise is that these people are at a party and they download this app called Countdown and it's supposed to tell you when you're gonna die. <gasps> Wait, I remember seeing the trailers for this. Yeah, yes. and then this one girl at the party, she's like, "I have three hours to live." <laughs> And then, um, obviously she dies. <laughs> and then it kind of switches, like, it somehow, like, she's connected to this other guy who's connected to the main character. Um, and then it's, all, the whole movie is her trying to escape, um, death. And it's really, I really enjoyed it. And also, her love interest, wait, have you, <laughs> I'm feeling really chaotic today. <laughs> have you seen Unfabulous? The show with, um, I'm gonna be the one. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, wait, is it unflappable or unstoppable? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like both of those words are in there at some point. Unflappable is a hilarious word. It is. Um, anyway, anyway, one of, um, Addie's friends, the guy, Uh Zach, he plays Zach. Are you looking him up? up? Yeah. Anyway, he plays the love interest of the main girl in Countdown. Oh, damn. And you did you pick him out like that's guys from Unfabulous? Yeah. Your brain. <laughs> that's just my my party trick. Your brain is it is it's an encyclopedia of like that guys from this show and I know him from this one episode of this one thing. Yeah, but he was a regular on Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, Unfabulous, the most famous TV show to ever exist. <laughs> and now he's doing great work on Countdown. <laughs> oh man, now I want to watch Countdown cuz Truth or Dare surprised me with how fun it was. It was really fun. And we watched Annabelle Origin Story or whatever. What's it called? The oh, Annabelle gosh. Origin? I don't remember. Creation. Annabelle yes. Creation. We watched that before we went to Markov's when I came to visit you mm-hmm. at school. And the little girl who plays the main orphan in that one, yeah. she's the little sister of the main girl in Countdown. I'm fabulous? No. <laughs> Countdown. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, if you love good, bad, scary movies, I would highly recommend that one. I also recently so watched a scary movie on the, well, not, it's, I watched, um, Silence of the Lambs. Like, I was oh. like, I was going <laughs> to reveal some, like, unheard of scary movie. I watched Silence of the Lambs on the plane back from, uh, Boise in Idaho. And I just, I hadn't seen it in probably a few years. I just forgot how good that movie it's is. It's so good. I can't remember where I was, but I think it was on. And I, it was like that scene where they're in the elevator. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god! I remember the first time I watched it, and I didn't know the twist. And I think then this might have been at your house on Halloween. Oh really? 
Because you guys, possible. you guys just had scary movies yeah. on in the background. I think, yeah. Oh my anyway, God. so and good. Like rooting for Hannibal Lecter the whole time. Like, he's the villain you love. Get it, girl. You love to hate. Oh, he's uh, so good. He's, yeah, but that also that similarly got me in the mood to watch spooky things. And I recently watched the full six hour. I completed the six hour YouTube video of there's a guy who like recaps the entire Pretty Little Liars. Series. Oh shit! Yes, I, I still need to finish the first part. I, it's it's a, it's a six hour endeavor, and I of course <laughs> watched the whole thing. But he also recapped Pretty Little Liars original sin. Um, which Betsy and I, I, we were like texting about it last week. I, and I just, I'm going to make a plug for anyone who hasn't watched it yet to please yeah. watch it because we talked about this last spooky season because yes. that's when it was coming out. It was so good and actually so scary at parts. So yep. that's another like show to add to your list. If you're, they have a, to us they have a Michael Myers esque yes. character. He's like a leather face kind of, yeah, yeah. he's like a. Yeah. So just add that to your list in addition to Bly Manor if you're looking for scary shows to watch. Yeah. And then I also watched The Craft, which I'd never seen before. I'd never seen it either. Which it's not like scary, but it's it's a great spooky season movie and it's 90s fashion oh, and witchy so and it is so good. And Nev Campbell's in it. And so Steve Ulrich. Wait, who's that? He plays Billy Loomis <gasps> on in Scream. Oh. And that was, that nice. came out in 96. And I want to say Scream came out the same year. So that's, like that was like their year. That's so iconic. Yeah. Scream King. Scream King <laughs> is. <laughs> we also, if you guys saw our Instagram stories from, <laughs> was that this week? No, that was yeah. like a couple weeks ago. No. Was that wasn't it? this past week. We didn't watch it on Monday at your house here? No, we watched Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you remember Instagram stories then from a couple of weeks ago, we watched Insidious 2 at Betsy's apartment. Yes. And we had, which all, but by the way, was so good. Yeah. And it was a great sequel. I wouldn't say it was super scary, but it tied in with the first movie so well. It was a very yeah. smart sequel. Yeah. And we watched it because the new Insidious movie just came out last Friday, the 7th we of July. To, we have to go see it like soon. Because I feel like movies don't stay in theaters for very long anymore. Yeah. No, they don't. So I definitely think we should get on that um but yeah so anyway we were watching that and so we riled ourselves up and then context the unit next to mine is vacant right now oh my gosh um so nobody's living there and i go to walk greer out into the hallway and she looks at me she's like betsy betsy the door is cracked open <laughs> and the door to the unit next to me is cracked open there's no lights on in there and when i we walked up from the parking lot it was closed and, and i had even like because i was like let me try to open this door and so i like pushed the door handle down and i was like well it's locked or it's not opening it was very scary yeah so then i <laughs> I had to stay out in the hallway while she ran to the <laughs> elevator, and I I was definitely freaked for the rest of the night. And I ended up pouring salt on the threshold mm-hmm. of my door, and, and it worked. It worked. I'm still here. I'm not <laughs> possessed. Knock on wood. As I was walking to the, your uh, unit today, I was like, Oh my god! I wonder if the door is going to be open. And yeah. it's not. It's closed. Well, and then the next morning, the door was still open, and I went to close it. And then as I, after I closed it, I went to walk, you know, towards the elevator and popped creak, right back creaked open. right back open. Ooh. And it's also so, creepy because uh, the door is, is painted a 
different dark color. Blue yeah, color. It's, so it just it it's ooh. different looking and it, <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> but I'm excited for the Insidious Five or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's be good. Insidious. Red, the red door or something. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's like where they go to enter the further. Yeah. It'll be oh, good. I love that franchise. We should see it next week. Or okay. this week. Yeah. I'll, right. I'll look at movie times after we're done. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, then we're going to transition into what we've been reading. Yes. Sad Girl Book Club. Hi. I finally finished Spare. And it was good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I was able to pick up the pace of how I was reading it once I got to the section where he was talking about Megan. But it was all stuff I'd already known, I guess. Yeah. But it was still more interesting than him talking about his army days. Um, but anyway, I finished that, and now I'm reading the sequel to A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. It's called Good Girl, Bad Blood. Ooh. And it's kind of interesting because in this new book, she has a podcast <laughs> <laughs> where she she like made a whole podcast um, about the case that she cracked last uh, book and now of course there's a new kid missing and so she's making a season two Amazing. and it's so great and she's she's a senior in high school so it's still very much pretty little liars-esque oh, and i'm having so much fun reading it i'm already like a quarter of the way through it and i'm so excited because i just wanted a mystery novel yeah i was craving that teen like or young adult like spooky fiction is just yeah. so fun. It's so fun. It's so much fun. And then it's like you get to try to figure it out along with them. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. Are it's there okay. more sequels or is it just there's the one two? more? Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I've been reading. I am still reading The Hobbit. I read a bunch yesterday morning. I'm like probably, probably two thirds of the way done. And I was talking to, um, uh, one of my friends at the baseball game yesterday, who's a big Lord of the Rings person, and he said that where I am in the book picks up right about at the second Hobbit movie. So if that means anything to people listening, that's where I am. They, like, just... Oh, they're in the really dark woods, and they keep trying to find... Go to, like, the elves, but every time they go to the elves and they're fire, the, the elves, like, put the fire out, and they're in the dark. So... That's where I am right now, but I really, really like it. It's very, like, I think I said this last time maybe, but it reads to me sort of like the first Harry Potter book in that it's a children's book, and so the writing is very simple, but it's very um, descriptive at the same time, and just, like, it's nice to read something kind of magical and fantastical. Yeah, definitely. It's really enjoyable. And then I'll get to watch the trilogy, and then I might try to read Lord of the Rings, but I've heard those books are a lot more dense and, like, sad so we'll see but i'm really enjoying it so far good i'm glad Mm -hmm. makes me kind of want to read the hobbit i think i tried once but it was years ago you would really like it yeah yeah i'm sure i would it's very fun i almost forgot to talk about this but i'm 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 gonna mention it now before i forget the documentary (gasps) on the crone of the cat skills is called the unbinding Because, like I talked about in episode three, they do an unbinding ritual mm-hmm. on it at the end. And so, if you haven't already, go listen to episode three. I talk about the Crown of the Catskills. It's like it, the craziest story I've covered so far. It's so good, you guys. And they were talking about making a documentary about it. And originally, they said it was coming out last year, but that didn't end up happening. <laughs> and so, the official teaser trailer has come out for it. And of course, they still don't have like a release date, <laughs> but it says, coming soon and so i'm hopeful that it'll come out 
um, in the next few months. And I wonder what platform it'll be on. Probably Amazon because they already have their show okay. on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Hellier. So that's what I'm thinking. But I'm so excited for that. Yeah. If if you guys are new listeners and this is maybe your first episode or like you haven't listened to all the episodes, just go listen to episode three and like you can like fast forward through my story. It's in comparison, it it pales. Um, but the Crone of the Catskills is easily the craziest story that we've told on this show so far and it is just so fun to listen to yeah so i think i gasped a lot (laughs) during that one (gasps) oh my god you're as great at reactions and so that one was chock full of but my only reaction is (gasps) and then oh my god (laughs) (laughs) stop stop (laughs) but yeah go listen to that episode it's fabulous yeah um okay so before i get into my story for this week i wanted to do a listener story really quick this is from one of our patrons katie thank you so much for sending in your encounter she sent it to me via um, Instagram DM, which is another way you can share your encounters with us if you don't want to send it to the email, but I'm going to get into it right now. She said, so I binged at work today and I love the podcast. I have lots of spooky stories. I am a descendant of accused Salem witch, Sarah. Oh, Sarah, Sarah peace. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I talked about her, but there were a lot of Sarah's. So maybe it was a maiden name or something. Um, I'm also a practicing Celtic pagan for 30 years now. Wow. I spent some time as a paranormal investigator and now just do it for fun in my spare time. Here's a creepy kid story for you. (gasps) Yes. Um, I guess her, her daughter's name is Rachel. When Rachel was four, she was in bed in her room. She came crying out to the living room saying that she saw faces in her closet. Oh my God. I comforted her, closed her closet, and sometime after, she fell asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of a single gunshot, followed (gasps) by Rachel crying in her room. Oh, my God. After quickly going to her, she was shaking and crying, sitting on her bed. I asked her what happened, and she said there was a woman with two boys in her room and a man with a gun that was pointing at my daughter. I saw no one in her room. She said the woman stepped in front of her, and the gunshot I heard, the man shot the woman. (gasps) Then when I came in, they were gone. Uh, she says that her daughter is now 22 and still remembers it vividly. Oh, my gosh. So then I asked her <laughs> if she still lives there and, um, like, had done research on the house or anything mm-hmm. to figure out if it was, like, a residual haunting. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe yeah. that that apparition she was seeing actually did happen, but, like, years ago. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but they had moved soon after because of all the negativity in the house. That's, I mean, good for them for moving, but that's really sad. Yeah. I'm glad that they were able to do that because not everybody can. And that is so scary. Oh my gosh. Um, she says, I have another creepy kid story with the same daughter that prompted us to move. It was a fairly new apartment complex, but this town was known for its magnetic waters and the Confederate soldiers came through the area. So there's a lot of stories to this land. Um, so yeah, I guess they just lived in a really active part of the country. I wonder if her daughter has like a, like just a sensitivity to that. She must. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like if you have an experience like that, so early in your life, Mm -hmm. you're you're, you're already very much open to that happening again. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that she was four when it happened, which is quite young, very impressionable. 22. And she has still like a full vivid memory of it is pretty mm-hmm. notable because I don't really remember. I don't think I have any memories from when I was four, like that. I, clear memories no. like that. Certainly not. Mm-mm. 
the earliest memory I have is rolling around in the snow in New Schwanstein. <laughs> Oh my when God. we were visiting my dad, who was stationed in Germany. <laughs> but, like, that's just, like, a, like little flashes yeah. in my mind. I don't have, like, vivid, vivid memory. Wow. Um, not as horrifying as that, but speaking of, like, hearing noises in your house, my mom texted me the other day and said that she, she was home in the house and she heard a noise, like, glass shattering. <gasps> and she looked up and down all over the house, could not find the source of it. I'm talking, oh. she was like in the closets, looking at all the windows, <gasps> in the basement, in the workroom. That makes me think of when we were in house number one and I heard that giant crash upstairs and there was nothing amiss. I wonder if, oh, I wonder if maybe something in the attic fell over. Well, that's what, did she look in the attic or no? Oh, no, no, no. I oh, mean, you, I mean, oh, you at, mean our yeah. house. No, we don't, I don't think we have anything in our attic. Like, my parents have never, oh I've never seen them go into our attic at all. Oh. But so, I, but I was like, maybe something in the attic at our first house fell over, but I don't, I, I doubt that was it. Oh, for I such don't a, know. For such a cute house, <laughs> that house had the, well, the second house also had bad energy, but like the that, first house, I wouldn't say had bad energy. It was just like something was going something on. Something was going on in that house. Yeah. I I think out of all of our houses, I disliked being in that one alone at night the most, though. Yeah, it felt the most exposed. It did because we were like up on that. We were kind of like elevated, and we didn't have any big trees surrounding yeah. us. You're right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for putting up with our ramblings. If you didn't fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to get into my story this week. It also has to do kind of sort of with dolls, which is similar to, you know, Greer's story from the last episode. Blowst. Blowst. Of course. Um, okay. This week we are traveling back in time to the Klondike Gold Rush all the way up to the little town of Skagway, Alaska. A first class bird. Oh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Skagway before I get into, you know, I always got to give my geographical context. Yeah, you know? maps, <laughs> maps. Skagway is a first class borough in Alaska along the Alaska Panhandle. It's about a seven hour drive north of Juneau, which when I was looking at you, I always forget how massive Alaska so is. So big. Because when you look at the map, Juneau and Skagway don't look that far apart. They're like you know, so there's the big part of Alaska, and then there's the part of Alaska that goes like mm-hmm. this under Canada, and that's where Juneau is, and Skagway, which is like right underneath Canada, and it's still seven hours. <laughs> is Alaska how big is it compared to the rest of the U.S.? Is it like a quarter of it, it the covers size? a large portion that's of the country? Crazy. Wow. Um, so yeah, Skagway is seven hours north of Juneau. It's directly south of Yukon, which is west of British Columbia, Canada. And as of the 2020 census, the population was about 1,240 people, but tends to double during the summer tourist season to accommodate the near 1 million expected visitors. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, can, like, the, the pop, it's such a small town, and <laughs> they only have, like, near, like, 2,500 people to deal with. One million visitors. (laughs) That doesn't seem right, but that's what it's Well, that's kind of like Forks is what a town of 3,000 maybe. And the woman at the info center said they had 685,000 people come through the town of Forks last year. Yeah. So I guess it's pretty, pretty normal for those small towns that are. That's crazy though still. I know. Um, And so the Red Onion Saloon was built during the height of the Klondike Gold Rush 
1897. That's what I'm going to be talking about today is the Red Onion Saloon. It was fully established by 1898 to serve lonely miners as a saloon and a brothel. So the Klondike Gold Rush refers to the migration by an estimated 100,000 prospectors to the Klondike region of Yukon in northwest Canada between 1897 and 1899. Gold was discovered there by local miners on August 16, 1896, and when news reached Seattle and San Francisco the following year, it triggered a stampede of prospectors. (laughs) And to reach the gold fields, most prospectors took the route through the port of Skagway. Um, so Captain William Moore was the founder of Skagway, and he personally cut the planks for the brothel. The building was kind of slapped together, and when so many people began to move to Skagway, the owner decided to move it four blocks closer to the rail depot to attract more customers. They hoisted it up onto rolling logs <laughs> and pushed it with a single horse <gasps> and a crew of men. <laughs> <laughs> this horse. sounds like an Amish barn raising. Yeah, it kind of does. I always like think when I hear about these things, I'm like, how the fuck did they do this? I don't know. How the fuck did they build the pyramids? Like Mysteries. <laughs> Once the building was placed in the new spot, the team realized they had the whole thing backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of rolling it around to face the other way, they just sawed off the front and back, switched them, and nailed the whole thing back together. That's called working smarter, not harder, my guy. And the cut lines are still visible today. So, only about 8% of the population in Klondike during the gold rush was women. And in Skagway, there was a high turnover rate of sex workers. And there were about 300 sex workers serving about 15,000 men. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of get into, like, life in Skagway at this time. Skagway was a lawless town described as, quote, little better than hell on earth by the Northwest Mounted Police. A con artist and gangster named Soapy Smith... Hell yeah. (laughs) ...operated a ring of thieves, a spy network, and a private militia. He also controlled the local newspaper and the deputy U.S. Marshal's office. (laughs) As you might imagine, it wasn't really a friendly place for anyone, but especially for women. And while some traveled to the area for work, others found it their only option to make enough to survive or make enough to get out of Alaska. Each... um, And so each of... Uh, The rooms in the Red Onion Saloon had several doors if the women working needed a quick escape from a bad situation. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, However, since there was a high demand for brothels during this time, the Red Onion Saloon wasn't the only bordello in town, but it was the most stylish and exclusive. While there was still innate dangers that came with the job of being a sex worker, the ladies at the Red Onion were treated well as valued assets and actually had good working conditions. Their madam provided for all their knees, needs and their bouncers protected them. And there was a system in place, as I mentioned before, um, that safeguarded them from being robbed, which is all those doors mm. for escape. Each worker had a 12 hour shift with 15 minutes for each client. That means they could have up to 48 clients in a 12 hour shift. And out of the five dollar fee, they kept a dollar twenty five and 50 percent of the five dollars went to the madam and 25 percent went to pay for their security, a.k.a. the bouncers. And this was actually good money at the time, as legal jobs that existed at the time for women paid no more than $3 a day. Jeez. Um, this wasn't any ordinary brothel, however. It had an interesting way of showing if a girl was available for work or not. Oh. They used 10 dolls, <gasps> which resembled the 10 working girls. Ew. If a customer picked up 
picked out a girl, the doll resembling her was laid down. This meant that the girl was unavailable. If the job had been done, the doll was seated upright again. Oh my god! And they're like porcelain dolls. Like oh, it's really wow. Crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I was envisioning I don't know what, yeah, Barbie dolls, other, but obviously. Well, I don't know what other kind of dolls existed in the 1800s. Like straw dolls. Oh. All Corn options. Husk. All, <laughs> all options are bad. Yeah. Oh, that's so um, creepy. Yeah, really creepy. Um, the red onion had served many purposes through the years. It only operated as a brothel for two years as the prospector's attention moved onto the Gnome Gold Rush in 1899. It served as a popular dance hall during the 1900s, but it also served as an army barracks during World War II, a bakery, a laundry shop, a union hall, gift shop, and even a television station. Mm. Um, today, the historic saloon operates as a restaurant and a brothel museum. The rooms upstairs are pretty much the same as they were back in the days when it was still an active brothel. And yes, the dolls are still on display. The off, uh, they offer tours of the upstairs rooms, which, as I mentioned, are well-preserved because, you guessed it, the Red Onion Saloon is the most haunted building in Alaska and one of the most haunted brothels in the entire country. Wow. So we're going to get into the ghosts now. There are at least three entities at the Red Onion Saloon, two women and a malevolent male spirit. Uh, the identity of the two women has been established, but it's not clear who the male entity was. The unknown male, um, who employees have taken to calling him John, is not a friendly spirit. He brushes roughly past employees and guests, and he tends to move certain objects the staff needs to do their jobs. Keys and expensive drinks tend to disappear and later reappear in strange places. Uh, one time, two men were doing maintenance work on the second floor. Uh, and were pushed down the flight of stairs by a strong presence. One of the local town leaders has felt a strong presence in sort of a hostile mood twice in the second floor hallway. Uh, John tends to roam the place, causing no end of trouble for the staff and sometimes guests. You'll know he's around if you catch a whiff of horrendous body odor. <laughs> He'll also fling open doors of rooms where the staff are changing. Oh my gosh. And the story among employees is that John is a former bouncer who was stabbed to death by a sex worker who got fed up with his constant oh. harassment. Wow. So he was asking for it. Good for her. But now he's still no, yeah. wreaking havoc on this place. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next ghost is called Diamond Lil. She was a former madam who doesn't feel like moving on. She still keeps an eye on the Red Onion Saloon and its staff. She makes herself known to male guests only, and they claim to feel hands on their legs and hear soft whispers in their ears. Um, so the next ghost I'm going to talk about, she's the most prominent ghost. Um, and so this Diamond Lil is talked about less frequently, but mm -hmm. they think that the bad experiences that men have had um, with ghosts would be from her. I not, like her. I'd want to have her yeah. around. Yeah. You know? She got to protect. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the most prominent ghost is Lydia. She's a relatively friendly ghost who made an appearance to an employee years ago. She showed up as a translucent figure in the corner of a room upstairs. The figure had marks on her face that resembled what untreated syphilis might do. Oh, God. The disease was a considerable risk for sex workers, and the first effective treatment wasn't developed until 1909. Mm. Lydia has been known to employees for many years, and staff believes her to be a friendly, at least to women. She wanders the building, watering plants, caressing faces, and leaving the scent of freshly cut lilacs behind. Mm. The room she appeared in often has mysterious cold spots, and guests continually take photos that show white blurs, orbs, and occasionally even the faint outline of her face. 
Once there was a great disturbance on the upper floor, the police were even called to check up on it, and when they approached the stairs, they saw a female figure running down the hall in the direction of the room, which once belonged to Diamond Lil. Lydia was most likely seeking protection with her madam. Upon inspection, the room was empty, and there was nowhere for her to have gone. Lydia is also said to water the plants. As I mentioned before, there have been many occasions when the hostess of the house would find this soil damp as if someone had watered it recently. A shadowy form of a woman has actually been seen watering the plants in the madam's room. And it's unclear precisely how people know her name, but as these things go, the name Lydia has been passed on to new staff through the years. And as for the cause of her death, the commonly accepted theory is that she contracted syphilis and trigger warning took her own life by hanging herself in the corner of the room where she is sometimes seen. That's so sad. Um, And additionally, the spirits of sex workers may still be waiting for clients. A face of a male spirit has been seen in a mirror hanging in the madam's bedroom. (sighs) Cold patches and areas appear upstairs have been felt by employees and one spirit, probably Lydia, didn't wait to be asked. A musician who once lived on the second floor in the madam's old room for a short period while playing downstairs in the Red Onion Saloon awoke one night to see a shimmering light in his room. He then had a very strange and sensual sensation oh. given to him by an unseen presence in bed with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> he made a hasty retreat down the stairs, and perhaps this is why they no longer put performers in the madam's room. Perhaps she thought she was supposed to seduce him. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's sad for it's, everyone involved. It's a really bad situation all yeah. around. Um, and actually, someone detailed their experience at the Red Onion on SpookEats.com. That Hell yeah. <laughs> Spook Eats. <laughs> that includes an EVP. <gasps> yes. Woo-woo. We got another EVP. Love Let's EVPs. go. And it's believed to be the voice of Lydia. And so I'll see if you can kind of figure out what it's supposed to say. It, you're you're going to hear two voices of the people that are there. Mm-hmm. And then you'll hear like a more distant whisper at the mm-hmm. end and then it'll repeat a couple times after okay. that so let me get that up thing here that red is typically the indicator say I'm, I'm sensing a theme here <laughs> yeah there's a theme there any idea it sounded like it was saying either I'm upstairs or I'm Allison. I know it's not I'm Allison, <laughs> but I kind of heard it saying I'm upstairs or at least I'm something. Yeah. So the person who recorded it thinks that it's saying I'm the opposite because oh. they're saying that red was an indicator of being a sex worker. I can't Wait, play it again. Um, are you getting the thing here that red is typically the indicator say i'm I'm sensing a theme here (laughs) yeah there's a theme there yeah wow after playing it a second time i know it's like you listen for it but it really sounds like i'm the opposite you can certainly hear her say i'm something yeah and and her spirit when people have seen the apparition she's wearing like a dark gray dress so even though she was working there it she wasn't like as upfront about what she did i don't know mm-hmm. it's <laughs> she's more subtle i guess Ooh, um love a good evp yes oh my gosh <laughs> so creepy now i'm gonna talk about the red onion today 
It still serves good food and drink, and they give tours, as I previously mentioned. The staff dresses in period clothing yes. to remain on theme, and they also are wearing red dresses. Oh, God, that's so amazing. <laughs> um, there are two tour options. You could take the Quickie Brothel Tour. <laughs> it's a $10, 20-minute in-house brothel tour. One of their charming madams will make an announcement from the back stairs and whisk you and the group up this quote-unquote stairway to heaven. You'll walk the same floors as yesteryear's lonely miners and ladies of negotiable <laughs> affection. Hear entertaining tales of women who worked there and see the many artifacts they left behind, including a priceless silver dress. Oh, silver so, dress. So, yeah, when they were doing, like, renovations on the building, they had to pull up a bunch of floorboards. Yeah. And they found a whole treasure trove of oh, wow. old possessions from women that had worked there before, including this silver dress, which I'm pretty sure I they have on display Wow, in the saloon now. Yeah. Um, they also invite all ghost hunters to bring their cameras and see if they can capture their resident ghost, Lydia. Nice. The tour includes a red onion souvenir garter. <laughs> I like this place. (laughs) And the second tour is called Ghosts and Good Time Girls Walking Tour. And it's not just the saloon. It's like the rest of Skagway. But it's a two-hour walking tour of the historic streets and back alleys of Skagway, Alaska, guided by one of the quote-unquote fun-loving madams of the Red Onion Saloon. The tour will visit several cribs and districts, culminating with a stop at the Restored Brothel Museum. Here, join a champagne toast and explore the halls and bedrooms of this celebrated brothel, observing original relics and images of the ladies who worked there. And it's $50 per person. I wish this place wasn't so hard to get to because it sounds like so much fun. I would love to visit it, but I feel like I got to go to Alaska for more than just to go to a brothel. (laughs) To the brothel. (laughs) I mean, you know, teach their own. (laughs) It's only seven hours from Juneau. Only seven (laughs) hours. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, how the heck does one get to Juno? Is there an airport? Yeah. In Juno? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be. It's their capital. It is? Yeah. Not Anchorage? No. Oh. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, what? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry to any Alaskan listeners that we have out there. <laughs> For my lack of knowledge, I apologize. <laughs> No, yeah, this place looks really, really cool. Yeah. So, in conclusion, the rogue operations of the gold rush paired with the use of dolls is the perfect breeding ground, pun intended, to leave behind a haunted impression. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all these years later, Lydia, amongst a few others, are still roaming the halls of what was most likely a formative part of their life and death. Wow. And that's the story of the Red Onion Saloon in Skagway, Alaska. That was a fun one. It was fun. I really liked I that. was originally, guys, I forgot to mention this at the begin, beginning, but I was originally going to be covering the DeBook box today. But I found out pretty early on in my research that it's all a hoax. Oh. And we don't do hoaxes on this punk. That's well, we talk about some legends, but yeah. like when it's so, like, when it's been so, proven, proven. Well, the guy, so the Dibbuk box is a allegedly haunted wine cabinet that was sold by this guy who had allegedly picked it up from like a yard sale of this woman that he said was a Holocaust survivor from Poland. Mm-hmm. And he like was having all of these haunted experiences with it and was selling it on eBay. And he like wrote this long ass mm-hmm. description of it and like all of the haunted experiences that he had had and like all this stuff. Then he came out in 2021 and said it was all hoax. 
Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. So I was like, well, God damn it. I don't want to like tell this crazy ass story yeah, and, and then, then like be like, but actually the guy and at the end of the story be like, the guy came out in 2021 and said it was a hoax. But Zach Baggins, t- <laughs> <laughs> he uh, acquired it at some point. Of I don't know if he still he has it. Um, but yeah, and that, I know a lot of other podcasts have covered it. And there was a horror movie that came out about that was based oh, on wow. it called Possession, which we actually watched at Annika's house many years we did? ago. Wait, was I there? Yeah, but it's fine. I, I wasn't expecting you to remember, <laughs> but we did watch it, and it was really scary. Wait, um, what was it about? Well, it's she gets this creepy ass box, and then like gets possessed from it. I have no memory of this. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but we were also watching it like late at night, so. Maybe you fell asleep. I don't know. But anyway, wow. that's what I was originally going to talk about. That's such a disappointment. And it was really disappointed. I was like, God, there was so much content on it. And like Zach Baggins did like a special on it. And that man is a scavenger. He is a scavenger. I mean, and look, clearly, I like him now, but he's a scavenger. <laughs> we love to hate him, you know. You and clearly he's not below, you know, putting hoaxes on his displays. No, he's not. <laughs> Grease out of here first. He's a hack. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really disappointed about that. But then I found the Red Onion Saloon on a list of 32 most haunted places in America. So, and I loved that, like the doll aspect of it. And then yeah. it just kind of fit in perfectly with what you were talking about. So yeah, it was, it was a fun one. And I'd never heard of it before. I hadn't either. Okay. I hadn't either. And so I'm... <laughs> I'm almost wondering if, like, because I know, like, with haunted dolls, a lot of the activity comes specifically from the doll, or you see the doll move around, but I'm also wondering if, like, the spirits that are allegedly haunting this place are, like, tethered to the dolls in a way. They could be, because if the dolls were the indicators of whether or not these women were working, yeah. like... And they're still on display, mm-hmm. and, like, it was a big part of how the saloon operated. I wouldn't operated. be surprised. Yeah. So, mm, creepy. That's a good story. This brings us to our... Paranormal protection tip of the week. This week, we're telling you to always book your room in advance when traveling. Some rooms are always vacant, and these could be where previous ghosts. Oops, these could. God <laughs> damn it! Some rooms are always vacant. These could be where previous guests have reported sightings and experienced paranormal activity. So if you book a room at the last minute and the hotel is fully occupied, chances of being given a haunted one might be much higher. So book early, damn it. (laughs) Or if you're like us, purposely book a haunted B&B on your Salem trip. Oh, you guys, it's going to be such a good trip. So the B&B we're staying in has a specifically haunted room, and I was unfortunately unable to acquire that booking because it was booked solid but you know us we're gonna be on high alert we're gonna be on high alert because the b&b we're staying at has three separate buildings and the one we're staying at is the same building as the haunted room and one of the alleged spirits that haunts the room is a cat so (gasps) i'm hoping that we see like a cat scurrying around on the property and be like that's not a real cat. That's a ghost. There could be some seepage of the seepage. of the of the haunted room into our room. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> We're gonna make a TikTok. <laughs> Content creators. <laughs> uh, but I'm so excited. You know. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode. This is our 21st episode. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. 
So thank you guys so much for listening and for being on this journey with us. Um, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at DFWG Podcast. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash DFWG Podcast. Shout out to our patrons, Brittany, Nikki, Jeremiah, Katie, Tom, and Jennifer. You can also send in your encounters to our email at dfwgpodcast at gmail.com or to our Instagram like Katie did. Um, And please make sure to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple because good ratings and good reviews push our help push our podcast out to potential newness, new listeners, which is really exciting for us. So remember to avoid getting stuck with the haunted hotel room by booking early and always stay away from Ouija boards. Bye.